0: welcome to the Produce Retail Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Nickel, and we are back again this week with longtime Produce Retail Executive Scott Schutte for part two of our discussion on creating the annual budget. We'll build on the conversation from part one and cover questions including how aggressive to be in your budget asks, how to create room for experimentation with different fixture technology and category projects, how to use both internal and external partnerships to develop more accurate ROI forecasts. How to live up to the budget once you get final approval, and much more. So, without further ado, here's the start of part two of our visit about developing the annual budget. It sounds too like um, collaboration is kind of, kind of a theme here. Even thinking about the ways that some of the different departments can can work in tandem. Like I know you mentioned. Um, technology, so so maybe if you have IT and you have human resources working together on making that that old school manual, the app that the kids can flip through in kind of an Instagram style, that you can you know onboard people a little more easily and in smaller chunks and all those kind of things, and and break the costs up a little bit that way too. I'm guessing.
1: Absolutely, and it helps uh, prevent a lot of uh, maybe potential infighting that would go on within an organization and. The folks that are actually battling for every possible penny in their department, um, I think that it helps kind of uh, subside any of those type of battles or issues that unfortunately sometimes can be created within an organization. So, developing partnership with uh, multiple different agencies throughout your organization—it's um, it, critical for the overall win of the company for sure. Mm-hmm.
0: Now, one area that, that popped into my mind, and I'm not exactly sure how this is, is usually broken out, but I was thinking about marketing um, in terms of, hey, you know, we do TV commercials, like why don't we feature produce more? Or hey, you know we have all these social media posts. can, can, we, can we boost the ones with produce on these certain weeks? Or, you know, kind of uh, the, the departments that are representative and that deal with all the different you know d- divisions of the store? and trying to get kind of representation in their budgets for your specific department. Like I said, maybe that's too messy and maybe that's not decided at this point, but that was one of the things that I was wondering about.
1: Yeah. And usually in the very beginning of that budget writing process, one of my first steps was to best understand the, the direction and the goals of the entire company for the preceding year and really understanding Um, what they were going to do compared to the year before or prior years um, as far as their major efforts that were going to be put into the budget writing process. And in doing so, I have a better idea of understanding what marketing's role might be in this whole uh, budget plan for the future year. I also have a better idea of all the other departments and what their role is going to be. I also clearly understand my levels of responsibility if um, you know the produce department is put higher up on that pedestal of big expectations and the company really relying on the produce department. And when that happens and that occurs, it gives you lots of natural leverage to be able to work with folks like the marketing team and um, kind of, I guess, in other words, Really better support the overarching theme of the entire company and uh, give kind of a pathway to how marketing can help join forces with you and your department to, uh, you know, to make that dream come true for the entire department and how you're going to work together better, how you're going to work together more strategically and how you're going to have things uh, kind of methodically planned out for that whole entire next year that it's no longer Hit miss, or it's no no longer done by accident. It's now being done intentionally. And I think a lot of the work that you'd be able to do with the marketing department would be just that. It would be um, very calculated, planned out, intentional work that uh, would be fun, exciting for both departments.
0: Now, as you mentioned, want to kind of plan things out as much as possible and as precisely as possible. But of course, there are always things that come up and things that you don't plan for or, or kind of surprises that come into come into the mix. What are maybe the more difficult areas of the budget um, or even on kind of the flip side, not just what you want to spend, but what you expect to be coming in as far as the, the forecasting side of it?
1: Yeah, the forecasting side of it can get tricky, especially if you haven't... Uh... You know, bought your your teammate over in the finance department a a cup of coffee lately or a Danish or something um, to keep them on your side. Because one of the trickier parts of that budget planning and budget writing process is the return on investment process and actually putting dollars and cents into a plan and uh, stretching it out and forecasting the future and what that's going to actually bring back to the company. um, You know, big resource for helping you do that would be somebody from the finance department team. It's, it's definitely um, maybe the most cumbersome task on the budget writing process, but it's also one of the most rewarding processes that also because your idea about putting that mobile refrigerated display case as an example in every store is a great idea, uh, but what makes it even greater is seeing the dollars and cents materialize from that idea and having a very accurate, um, well-thought-out and well-planned return on investment form uh, completely filled out that shows um, if I do this, this will happen. And what happens is usually pretty substantial when it comes to the financial benefits of the company. So as tough as it might be, and as long as it might take to be accurate in that return on investment um, form or justification it's very well worth it when you can see those results happening for you know, that preceding year. One of the things I didn't want to forget was um, kind of along those lines, once you do have something that's approved in the budget writing process and it's given the green light to move forward into the next year, one of the biggest mistakes that you can make as a leader is to keep that a secret from everybody. Um, you've got to shout it from the rooftops on what is actually made the budget for the preceding year and what everybody is going to be working on for that preceding year. You need to let them know what their roles are and making sure that they get that part of the budget to the finish line. Um, most of the time, your teammates are the ones that have helped provide you with those ideas or those concepts that would be highly beneficial to be into the budget or approved on the budget writing process. So it's not going to be foreign to them on what was accepted into the budget, but uh, for them to know what the timeline is and what the level of importance um, certain approved budget aspects are, uh, you can't do it all by yourself. And you need that, that, that team of either your support team or the operations team or the, the procurement team to carry on with uh, some of those um, wishes that might have been early on that have now become an active part of the budget for the preceding year. You're going to count relying on them pretty much, as I said before, to, to get that puppy to the finish line and finish it up and end up strong. And in most cases, end up stronger than that original planned return on investment and come up with uh, some additional incremental dollars above and beyond that original plan uh, to really build uh, some leverage for the following year, but to build some credibility and some trust in your budget writing process, your budget writing planning, and your overall success rate. Um, that helps. Um, you just can't do it alone, though. You need that team to be involved. So don't keep it a secret. Let everybody know.
0: I would imagine that goes a long way toward kind of you know your your associate buy-in and everything too, right? Is that they get to have have an understanding of kind of what the big picture for the business looks like, their role in it, you know, the specific tools that are coming their way, and those kind of things. Um, I know when I've been part of organizations, it always helped when you felt like you were sort of in the know, even if you weren't like at that decision-making level.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And they have to be involved and they have to be um, in the know for sure. And they have to be there to to reap the benefits of all those success stories that are going to happen during that following year. When, you know, sales goals are reached and profitability is on the increase and you're retaining team members better than you've ever before. And all those great goals and objectives you had in the budget writing process those folks need to be there to take a lot of the credit for uh, those good things that are happening within your organization. And it does nothing but fuel them and fire them up for the very next budget writing process. That's going to probably start all over again next ob- August, September, October-ish, and be ready to go for that, uh, that year a couple years out. So it's a good, healthy circle of events to have happen within your organization for sure.
0: Well, and it makes me think, because you mentioned, you know, look, looking back on on the success stories that that come from, you know, some of these decisions, I'm guessing part of the the justification process for things when you're doing, you know, the, the next budget is looking back on what worked really well the previous year and finding those stories and including that in there in addition to kind of the forward-looking projections as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. There's a little bit of both there. Um, obviously, looking at your success stories from last year, And deciding if there is room for improvement on those and maybe taking them to the next level and having a a 2.0 or a 3.0 version of that is always healthy for the company. And then the complete opposite is also healthy for the company also to be able to kind of look in from outside and um, decipher what's not working and what's broke and what really needs to be fixed and what could really benefit the overall organization If we spend some time, some money and some resources on putting it on the map of of the budget process for that next year and um, getting those to um, a much higher level and an efficient level that uh, are working and processing a lot better is super important. And that could be broken down into very big, broad categories, or it might be broken down into just smaller areas of, of the business or in particular, the produce business that maybe you're weak at. Um, Again, the outside world helps tell you some of this information though. So it's important to be able to listen to um, manufacturers and brokers and suppliers and organizations out there in the world of produce that know what the industry averages are. Um, They know a lot of the success stories of other retail organizations and they know a lot of details of what's worked and what's not worked. So relying on outside resources is very important in that whole entire process. So uh, if you have 3% of your business being organic produce related, it's probably pretty easy for you to step back and understand that the industry average right now was way above that. The organic category itself is on fire still and growing and booming. Uh, It's probably a pretty good idea to, to move to the top of your list. Something dealing with the evolution of organic within your organization and and especially within the, the produce department to help take organic to the next level. And that could just be as something as simple as the result of how terrible you were at organic last year and how well everybody else is doing with organic this year. And so some of those decisions are somewhat easy, um, but they also are somewhat painful to be able to look and really understand that you're, you're not, Um, operating at 100% success rate right now. You do have some room for improvement and sometimes you got to dig deep and you got to swallow some pride and make sure that uh, you really understand those important critical areas of improvement and once achieved what they're going to do for the entire company from a a financial standpoint or a customer traffic standpoint or whatever it might be um, to be able to look those square in the eye and attack them and have them as part of your next budgeting plan are all super important also.
0: And how do you account for in the budget? I'm thinking like opportunities for experimentation, right? Like say there's, there's some fantastic new fixture or something that you've seen in a trade show you really would like to try. But well, maybe we can just try it in one store and see how it does. And that'll give us the justification for, you know, all of them or more of them next year, those sorts of things. Where and how do you kind of leave space for like taking advantage of opportunities and trying things out? You know, maybe you want to work on a category and it's like, okay, you know, our margin may get a little wonky as we sort of experiment, but we think this will get us to a better place long term. How do you build sort of that into the budget?
1: Yeah. Um, I loved your idea and your concept about being able to experiment with um, one particular store or maybe one particular region or portion of the company and to be able to establish an accurate return on investment by living it in real life and having it put in play. One of my other favorite things to do is it involves partnership with folks outside of the company or the organization Partnerships with technology companies, partnerships with uh, manufacturers of equipment, um, partnerships with folks like that that are, 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 they stand strong enough on their product that they're willing to make it a zero financial burden on your company to be able to test their product, their equipment, their software, um, their programs, whatever it might be they stand strong enough on it that they're willing to commit that capital expense to you and your organization to go into a test mode. So although maybe your best idea for the budget for next year might not have made it into the budget for next year, it makes it a possibility when you have partnerships with outside companies that step up to the plate and say, I get it. I understand. You know, your company is maybe in a different uh, evolution or a different direction for this preceding year, but I'm going to make it worth your while and uh, no cost expense to you. I'm going to put in place some high quality testing and some experimentation that is going to prove what I have to say. And it's just not another sales pitch. You're going to actually see it firsthand. And I'm going to provide you with an ROI that has a good possibility of getting this entered into the budget mid-year and a great possibility of having it a permanent part of the budget for the proceeding year after that, and so partnerships with outside organizations have been super helpful for me in the past, and to be able to kind of hold hands together and work as hard as we can for the common goal of making it work for both sides.
0: I'm so glad you've highlighted this because I know we've talked um, previously about you know like true partnerships with with grower partners, right? So that you can kind of innovate and experiment and, and grow your businesses together. And it, it makes sense that it'd be the same thing on like the, the manufacturers of equipment and fixtures and all those kind of things. Cause I imagine, you know, if, if you've got a good relationship with a manufacturer and you tell them, Hey, if you've got something that's really the the latest and greatest um, we'll try it out. If you can kind of compass the cost and then the statistics you get from us you know, you can use those anonymized in your marketing material to Absolutely. help you sell it. Maybe you negotiate exclusivity in your region or, you know, all kinds yeah. of different things, I'm sure, are possibilities when you kind of have that, that foundation laid.
1: It becomes multi-beneficial in a huge way, and it continues in steamrolls even after that, um, especially with success stories. Your relationship with that particular manufacturer or vendor or partner um, becomes stronger and stronger. And Um, your trust in that particular organization becomes stronger and stronger. And um, now when they actually brag about something or they have something new to bring to the table, your ears perk up a little faster because uh, they've already provided you with a proven track track record. And you know, it's just not another quick and easy sales pitch that this is uh, something that you should strongly take into consideration. And it has a potential of a high success rate. So Mutually beneficial for everybody. I mean, from the equipment standpoint, everybody wants to sell more equipment and provide retailers with more equipment. Um, From the retailer side of it, everybody wants new equipment and they want something that's going to provide better shelf life for product, uh, better sales for the product, and a better customer experience of the product. And when you mash the two of those together, you come up with a number of great success stories that just creates momentum for years to come also.
0: And we you know you mentioned too, like what, you know, how you shape the budget depends on really kind of the overall goals of the organization. Um, so I was thinking about, you know, whether it's market share or or whether it's sales, you know, price perception, of course, is something that that every retailer is always very cognizant of. And I was thinking about, you know, occasionally in the news releases, you'll see, oh, you know, we're, we're investing in in lower prices, right? And that language kind of makes me think, it, how is that like written into the budget? like if you're if you're gonna you know double down on hey in the categories that people are paying most attention to, we're gonna be super super competitive that's going to be you know a core component of of our marketing strategy and things like that. How is that written into the budget? That might be a funny question, but just as far as like where does that show up?
1: No it's a it's a really good question because there's a lot of different ways to think about that. Um, as far as uh, investing into um, the image of lowering prices, a lot of that burden might fall only on the marketing department and the marketing team to be able to portray to the public, to the customers, what a great job your organization is doing with lower price points. And that might be the direction of your entire company to really rely on marketing to help better tell that story. Um, Maybe it's, told better via social media. Maybe it's told better, um, you know, from some type of electronic method rather than, you know, the printed newspaper that everybody is used to getting as far as an ad goes. Um, But there's lots of different opportunities for the marketing department to take a lot of the burden of that uh, overarching theme of the company as far as promoting Um, and really portraying your company as a lower price leader. We've just lowered all of these prices Um, on a different angle or a different thought process of that. There might be certain key departments within the organization that resonate better with customers when they see lower prices. And so a good example of that would be investing in the dairy department. Um, Because milk right now is a very, very good barometer for a customer to look at and understand the retail price of milk and how that equate to um, that store being a low price leader or being very aggressive or um, uh, very positive on their price points when it comes to a a staple item like the dairy department and and milk would be. a company strategy might be totally different. They might take bits and pieces of every department and have them as focal points for um, taking less of a margin in the attempt to establish the thought process from a consumer that uh, your prices are lower. So from the produce department, I know that uh, bananas are usually a barometer that for whatever reason, a customer always looks at the price of, of bananas. And establishes, you know, kind of a thought of are you a high priced retailer or are you a low priced retailer? And there's a number of those other items within the produce department that are kind of benchmark items or barometer type items that help the savvy customer um, really understand that um, you are a, a, a low priced leader and you have great prices out there. Or there could be the complete opposite way of looking at this topic of discussion, and that could be. Uh, prices in general are, are lower, and margin expectations in general are lower. But with the thought process of increasing customer traffic, building baskets, bigger baskets at the front register, and ultimately increasing your sales so substantially that it helps kind of wash out the fact that you're taking a little bit less margin on a lot of those items. And so there are a number of different strategies that, you know, a retail organization can go in, but first and foremost, you got to know that upfront in the very beginning of the budget writing process, uh, which pathway, which direction is your organization going to go down to be able to tell the customer the story of you lowering prices or your organization having the lowest prices out there in the market. And so once that's decided, you have a better idea of understanding how your department is going to play either in the sandbox together with all the other departments or how your department might single-handedly carry the rest of the organization. And maybe you're the lost leader on the front page every week, week after week after week. Uh, Maybe you rotate and maybe it's between you and the meat department going back and forth strategically and well thought out and well planned out. With um, some really good um, front page items that draw in traffic and increase customer traffic, and then give that overall perception of you know your organization just being the greatest priced retail establishment ever. And I guess if that's the final goal, you just have to understand you know what that pathway is to get there.
0: And I'm curious too, Scott, thinking about um, you know when you when you submit, the first draft of the budget, and then, you know, it may come back, and they may say, oh, you know, we're not sure about these, or get it, get it down underneath this level, try again, is, in the, again, maybe this is a silly question, is this like a negotiation where they say, you know, start a little higher than where you want to end up, or, you know, how, how aggressive, um, you know, it, or assertive, maybe, whatever the right word is, um, a stance do you take into, like, hey, I really think this is This is what we need to capture you know as much as we can possibly capture and grow as much as we can possibly grow versus like you know um you know taking a more critical eye yourself before you hand that in and saying well you know i know they're going to be hesitant about this maybe we can wait till next year for that you know what what's kind of the editing process and 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 how 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 does that look
1: well i think in the very beginning as a a leader of the organization uh, you have to be very clear and truthful with yourself and know and understand that your your first edition of this budget is not going to be um, the budget that's finally accepted and approved. And you have to know that moving into it. Um, you have to also know that it's going to take a lot of hard work and heavy lifting to get all those budgeting goals to the finish line and to have them approved and to have them accepted. And to do that um, it's your job and responsibility to be able to provide some of those important, tangible facts that are just really needed um, to help solidify your thought, your idea, but help other executive level team members understand that um, the level of importance and the level of of dollars that this particular part of the budget is going to bring back is substantial and that it uh, needs to pass approval um, maybe with a minor tweak or adjustment to it uh, or also maybe just as is but i think you need to go in with the expectation of Um, The first budget won't be the budget that ends up passing the finish line, that there'll be reiterations of that budget, sometimes many of them, but ultimately for the good or for the great of the company. Um, As far as sales budgets go or margin budgets go, um, I've heard a lot about the, the term sandbagging and you know uh, not making the hurdle so high that it's impossible to get over for your department. Um, I think uh, anybody that's a a great budget writer has to get over that mentality or that thought process and they have to be more in the mindset of of pushing the envelope on what you're attempting to do but have it realistic and uh, especially when you have a lot of great things packed into the budget Uh, For example, things that are going to help boost sales, you know, taking your your three percent of the business organic department and evolving that into, you know, a a 10 to 15 percent of your business organic department is going to do wonder for sales. Putting that new berry case up at the front of your store that gets a ton of traffic from customers, um, has a very high success rate with food waste. Is going to do nothing but add to your sales probability for next year. It's going to do nothing but add to your your profit margin also when your food waste level goes down substantially now that you have that refrigerated case. So you've got a lot of of different avenues to use to ensure that um, your lofty goals for reaching sales are not too high. But then how you're going to ladder up to them and actually reach those goals and make sure that um, you understand that um, it's not a pie in the sky number for your sales goal, that uh, it's definitely achievable. And what are the measures you're going to help put in place to make sure that you can reach that sales goal? And what areas of your department are you going to focus on more? Um, What areas of your department brought you the most results the year before and are still on trend for this year that you can depend on and that you can ride on. And then what partnerships do you have within your organization that are going to help you, um, with some new ideas and, um, maybe, maybe some different concepts or ingenuity that, uh, they can help provide you to, you know, get your category to where it needs to be. And I guess another great example might be, um, your your packaged value added salad provider and some of the neat things that those guys and gals are coming up with right now to help merchandise something as simple as packaged salads you know there's a lot of shelf gizmos and things that uh, are are new in that world of value added that are help self-facing products so the shelves look full all the time and they're nice and neat and organized and it's easy to see a shelf tag and a price point in front of them and um it's it's endless when you can think about you know the ultimate challenge of increasing sales 5% for your department and how daunting that might seem. but when you start putting all the, the different areas of sales opportunity together from store level operations to your procurement team to the manufacturer side of the business and some of your other partners, it becomes a little bit easier to understand, And to actually um, to draft out and and ladder up to how you're going to reach that pinnacle of 5% or whatever the goal might be for those sales. So don't (laughs) kid yourself, though, as as a leader, you have a big responsibility in being realistic to the numbers. And um, if you're coming off of a particular year right now, 2022, that uh, you've shown nothing but Year-over-year increases that are somewhat substantial. Um, You got to be realistic that uh, a lot of times that doesn't happen back to back to back to back years, and that uh, there has to be a time where you know there's a um, kind of a a hint or a clue from what you're going through this year that uh, next year might not be as aggressive from a sales standpoint or from a from a profitability standpoint or. However, your department would financially coincide with the direction of the rest of the company.
0: Well, and you mentioned kind of building building some consensus and working together with other departments um, earlier. Anything, anything else or any other parties that you want to kind of be communicating with, maybe not even just once the process starts, but throughout the year, right? To help kind of underscore like, hey, these are some of the things we're thinking about these are some of the things I'll probably, you know, be emphasizing in the budget this year. What does kind of your internal, you know, your internal sales and marketing, if you will, look like sort of throughout the year leading up to that budget? So it's not a surprise what's in there. You know, everyone's kind of familiar with the rationale, even before they look at the specific numbers for justification.
1: Yeah, uh, many great organizations they they focus on or they they revolve around um having a strict schedule of of reviews. And that could be, um, you know, your own personal reviews with your team members Uh, that could be higher executive reviews with you on a monthly or a quarterly basis that help track your progress and what currently is going on. But those are actually good times for bringing to the table your thoughts and ideas or your, your plots and your plans for the preceding year and in conversation, especially when you know the year might be halfway over with, um, being able to think out loud about the need for that particular idea or future budgeting plan to happen now, those are all great conversations to have on a monthly or quarterly basis throughout the year. Do not wait till August or September or October to start coming up with these great ideas. Um, the 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 concept and the ideas of of having the best potential budget planning process ever don't just start in September. Um, they start at the beginning of the year and they work their way out throughout the entire year. And the process of that is just good, strong communication with your own team members, um, but being able to listen to the the, fi- the feedback and the attention to detail that. You know, the higher level executives have for the direction of the company or in particular, maybe the direction of your department and make sure that it's not the first time you hear about it in the fourth quarter. But um, you've heard about it several times beforehand. And you've also done a really good job of making sure the communication out of your mouth goes down to your team members. And that they understand that um, there are no surprises at budget time, that you've kind of talked about this already and you've strategized about it, and uh, you're ready to go with making it official in the budget for the next year.
0: And obviously, by the time you're writing the budget, then you've already gone through kind of the, the process of all right, based on overall company goals, here's our strategy for produce specifically, and here are the categories we're going to look at specifically. And there's a whole other process prior to when you get down to the, the you know nuts and bolts of the budget, I would imagine.
1: Absolutely. And you can take your original budget plan and probably dissect that into maybe a dozen or more other mini plans that are going to be needed to put in place to get each one of those to the finish line. And you're going to have to divide and conquer. Um, you're going to have to put focus and attention to every each and every one of the aspects of your budget and make sure that uh, they have a, um, a well-structured plan, similar to your budget writing plan, You know, something that's got a, a calendar and a timeline to it, something that's got a name next to it with expectations on who is gonna be the gatekeeper of that particular budgeting plan, who's gonna get it to the finish line, and who is uh, ultimately next in line or responsible for some of those achievements. So you've gotta break down a finished budgeting plan into many different sections, um, pick your time wisely, because obviously sometimes everything can't be rolled out all at the same time. You probably need to strategize and prioritize what's most important to the organization and hyper-focus on that particular category or that particular part of the budgeting plan and make sure it gets launched with huge success and um, ultimately some accountability at the end of it. And the same thing all throughout that year, make sure there's some checks and balances that are put on that particular part of the budget plan and that uh, you're achieving the goals that you set out to achieve. And um, you'll be able to put back uh, some quality reports uh, most of the time, some really great success stories on what's happening with that particular part of the budget and how you're overachieving some of the original goals you set out to, to achieve. But There needs to be some structure moving forward into making sure that it's just not a bunch of writing put down on paper or on a computer in September, October, November, that um, it's realized and it's come to fruition the following year and you've achieved everything that you had committed to. And um, that's a a very rewarding experience to have at the very end, but um, it's also a little bit nail-biting to make sure that you live up to those budget requests that you put in place um, that following year and that you can achieve those goals.
0: Well, and and I know there's probably a million nooks and crannies we can, we can continue to dive into on, on the topic of budgeting here, Scott, but I'll ask you maybe just this one more specifically because you're so right. When you're making the budget, you're you're making the the list of things you're going to be held up to at the end of the year, right? When it's Absolutely. all said that, and done. That's
1: your, that's your report card right there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So how do you, uh, how do you kind of build that into, or how do you, you know, check in throughout the year and make sure, okay, we're on track here. We're on track here. We're on track here. Yeah. We need to make some adjustments here. We need to make some adjustments there. I, I imagine that t- That ends up being a very much a guiding document for for a lot of what you do, you know, once that final version is is approved.
1: A hundred percent. The budget writing and the budget planning process is one step. Um, But living that budget is a complete other. Um, There's many different areas that you have to apply to make sure that you are on task and that you are living up to those, those budgeting plans and those budgeting goals. Your team is one of them and relying on your team to help execute, but supply feedback and results from what is actually happening um, is super critical. The other part of it um, goes above and beyond your direct team and steps into the boundaries of maybe indirect teams or partners that you're working with. So the financial team member that you partnered up with that's able to quantify some of the dollar results that that you've achieved, The the partnership that maybe you established over in the marketing department, and some of the great results that you've achieved by joining forces with with the marketing team. Um, That's all information that has to come back, but you have to, on a daily basis, live up to the budget every single day of the year. That's your mantra for the next year. Um, Those are all, those are all. Well, they're basically your goals for the next year. You know, they're not just that plan that I talked about that was written up the year before and then forgotten about the next year. All your goals during that next preceding year will revolve around the budget. Everything points to a certain area or a particular part of the budget that um, are goals for you to ultimately achieve what you said you were going to in that budget writing process. So There has to be timelines. There has to be expectations of of accountability that are going to happen during certain parts of the year. But again, that goes back to breaking that budget down section by section, putting a calendar and a timeline to it, and reviewing it constantly throughout the year until all boxes are checked and you've kind of reached the pinnacle of your success stories with that particular area or that category of the budget. Most of the time, they're going to go 52 weeks out of the year. And you know, you're going to, you're going to end up at the end of the year or into the following year's budget writing process. And you're going to be able to look back and have maybe seven, eight, nine months behind you to be able to help provide tangible facts and dollar amounts to how successful you were, or what areas of opportunity that you need to still step on the gas quite a bit and get it to the finish line because you've only got you know, three or four months left of the year to, you know, complete that budgeting goal that you had the year before. So a lot of different ways to look at it, but um, again, um, overall partnership directly in your department and indirectly outside of your department are going to help keep you on your toes and better understand where you're at in that uh, uh, throughout the year, when you're living that life, actual budget that you created and trying to, uh, um, correctly finish it up.
0: It's excellent, Scott, that you 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 brought it all back around to having to actually live up to that budget after you get that final version, because I think it really puts into perspective why you said at the beginning of the conversation that, you know, putting together the budget, that is time you would block in the schedule and schedule other things around it because it's that important because you've got to live by it for the next 52 weeks. <laughs>
1: That's the main structure of your, your proceeding year. It's, it's um, got everything intact that you're going to ever need to be successful for that year. You've put a ton of thought into it, you know, three or four months before it becomes active or approved or live. Um, You need to put 12 months into it to, you know, bring it to that finish line I keep speaking about and make sure that uh, your team's helping you along with that important journey. And that's kind of a full circle of what the whole budget process is all about. Learning from it is a, uh, is a big tool also. Yeah. And every year that um, I've written a budget and uh, overachieved in a budget, or unfortunately sometimes underachieved in a budget, I've, I've learned quite a bit from those areas of success and those areas of opportunity. And uh, I've gone back two years in a row, sometimes three years in a row, until I was able to master that particular category or area and be successful at it. So uh, don't have the fear of failure. Uh, Sometimes uh, failure can be one of the best things for you. It brings a stronger proceeding year for you, and uh, it helps teach and uh, kind of mentor you to new and higher levels on on how to achieve those goals. So the fun times of the budget process, I should
0: say. (laughs) I was gonna say there's probably a lot more that we could still cover, but I don't want to I don't want to keep you all day talking about budget, Scott. But um, I I really appreciate the time. I think this was so informative and looking at all the different little aspects of of building the budget. And again, I I know there's there's so much more. And then living up the budget and then evaluating last year's budget and learning from you know wh- what went well and what didn't go well and all those kind of things. So we may have to do a follow-up budget episode at some point, but this was great. Sounds
1: great. Sounds perfect. <laughs> I'd be excited to do that. And probably by then I will have thought of uh, another 100 or so nooks and crannies that maybe we forgot to talk about today because uh, the budget writing process and planning is pretty expansive.
0: Absolutely. Well, thought Scott, thank you again. As always, we want to thank our listeners too, and we will see everybody back next week on the Produce Retail Podcast.